0: Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan. And today's show is going to be incredible. We'll be diving into the topic of aging and intimacy and how tapping into our sexuality is essential as we age as a way to stay connected to our creativity and enthusiasm for life. But before we invite our very special guest onto the show, let's take a moment to stop, pause, breathe, and connect. So today, bring your hands down to your lower belly, Now this is the area of the womb. And even if you no longer have a physical womb, you still have an energetic womb. So we just want to place our hands gently on this area of our body. And if you're comfortable, you can close your eyes and just take several deep breaths in. And imagine that your breath can extend all the way down into the womb. Filling it with breath and presence. These deep, deep breaths. And we just want to breathe into this space of creativity and feminine power with appreciation and gratitude. So often we have beliefs around our body, frustrations and pain in our body in this area. But instead, let's just shift our awareness to appreciation and gratitude for the power and the creativity that resides here. Take one more breath in and out. And then when you're ready, just bring yourself back. And so we wanted to bring our attention to this area of the body with some honor and some reverence because our very special guest today is Kira Hauer and she has been a women's empowerment coach for over 20 years. She received her master's of education from the Harvard Graduate School of Education and is a member of the International Coaches Federation. As a women's empowerment coach, Kira has worked extensively with executives, women leaders, and presented at women's leadership conferences and is a contributing editor to Enlightened Power, how women are transforming the practice of leadership. Kira is also a certified sex, love, and relationships coach and works with women on more personal challenges, such as life transitions, menopause and aging, divorce, and new motherhood. Currently, she offers one-on-one coaching and has a self-guided online course for women over 40, the Sexuality and Aging Masterclass. So her passion is busting the myths about sexuality and aging And one way she does this is by helping women understand that the value of pleasure is their birthright. And when they connect to their sexual and sensual energy, they're able to embrace their aging process as a source of creativity, enthusiasm, and excitement. So with that, let's invite on Kara Hauer. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm
2: so excited to be here.
1: Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the show. Um, a mutual friend of ours put us in contact, and I have just been a fan from day one and um, am really passionate as well as about bringing these topics um, to the table. So shall we just go ahead and dive right in? Let's do it. Okay. So, you know, this is a topic that is important for women of any age. I mean, we, the title is about, you know, women thriving And intimacy and pleasure over 50, but this can be for new moms feeling exhausted and thinking that their libido is gone forever. And for women that are in their forties and, you know, having the first experiences with perimenopause, as well as women that are uh, in late forties, fifties, maybe even to the sixties going through menopause. So there are a lot of beliefs uh, around aging and sexuality for women And I'd love to start first by just talking about what some of those myths and challenges are.
2: Sure. Um, Yeah. You know, I think that one of the most important things for women and men to think about as human beings is that we are always changing. Our bodies are constantly changing. And yet we live in a society which is pretty youth-obsessed, right? So I think that many women probably most I would say at least in our culture have this ideal about aging that we somewhere in our mind and heart and soul believe that we should freeze ourselves at a certain age right mm-hmm. and that and then we start to fight it we start to to fight that process and I think when it comes to our sexual health and wellness and well-being, we don't recognize that that changes too, right? But the biggest myth is that it gets worse. It doesn't Mm. have to get worse. It can actually get better. So that's a mindset shift, Mm -hmm. right? If we stop and really think about how do we view aging and sexuality together, right? That we have a cultural belief that that um, that sexuality will decline as we age. And yeah. it simply doesn't need to be true. Now, I'm not saying it isn't true. It is true for many people. But that's also because that's the belief that they buy into.
1: Yeah. And it's a belief that you just hear from A very young age. And um, if we hear something over and over again repeated, it becomes a belief because that's how we learn, right? Through repetition. Exactly. It seems to me that what I hear you saying is that if we really want to bust the myths around sexuality, we have to start to bust some of the myths around the aging process.
2: Absolutely. 100%. Yes. And, you know, that was why I went into that portion of women's empowerment around sexuality is because I was, you know, a few years, I was, I was a few years out from turning 50. And I thought, you know, I have this belief. I have this belief that I think probably isn't true. And I would like to debunk this for myself Mm -hmm. and I want to explore it. And that's, that's really what happened is I got curious about this belief that I had And, um, and so I decided to embark on, you know, the training process and, and it was through my training process that I learned that this notion of a woman's menopause in, in uh, Asia is referred to as the second spring and which was so beautiful. I just, I couldn't believe it when I first heard that as a concept. And it was really then and there that I realized that this is so cultural. Mm-hmm. Right that that we can change the way that we think about ourselves, our bodies, our lives, our vibrancy, our creativity, if we change the way that we feel about our aging process in general. Now, that being said, of course, there are there there is a reality to aging that happens to to both men and women, right but we're focusing on women's uh, bodies here and and so yes. You need to uh, pay attention to what's happening. And I would say pay attention earlier rather than later.
1: How early?
2: Like <laughs> 30s, 40s, you know, 30s. just pay attention. What's happening in your body, you know? And often the hormonal piece of it happens much earlier than we realize. Um, so, so recognizing that, having your hormones checked regularly you know, is really important because your body will change
1: and that's okay. It should, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right. I think sometimes it's difficult because for women, especially because, you know, it's been my experience that the body was just great all the way up till early, early forties. And then there was some little things that were coming in, but it seems like the real big changes seem to happen all at once. And we know that's not true that we're changing and we're aging every single day, but it does seem um, a little bit like it's speeding up almost um, Mm -hmm. in our mid to late forties moving into fifties. So I can see how the mindset, because for me, even my mindset starts to get, has, has started to trip me up a little bit around that and what I'm feeling in my body. So, you know, what have you used for yourself or what do you offer your clients on how to manage the the mind around this and change the perspective when things seem to be changing so quickly?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's a combination, right? So I like to look at the the triad of uh, mind, body, and emotions, right? So from the mind, what are the thoughts, what are the beliefs that you hold about your aging process? and about your own body, and about your vibrancy. And how do those beliefs then impact you emotionally? What are the feelings around this? Is there fear? Is there shame? Is there, um, you know, frustration? Is, you know, there's all sorts of Mm -hmm. emotions that, and those emotions really impact how our body responds also right so building self compassion first of all building patience and then and then educating you know understanding what's actually happening with your body is really important so the body piece of it is connecting with your doctor finding a hormone specialist don't be afraid of estrogen we need estrogen there were terrible terrible uh disservices done to women when the estrogen scare came out, you know, and granted, there are certainly women who can't take estrogen, you know, but a lot of women can. And I think it's really important to to look at that as a possibility and to understand if you can, how you can get your hormones to kind of level off a little bit. And there's lots of holistic things you can do as well.
1: And I love this piece, like, you know, educating yourself um, really gives you power to make better choices for yourself, but also allows you to start to unravel some of those beliefs, because with, if you're not educated on what's really going on in your body right. and getting information from someone that's qualified to give you great information, um, so... I'd say that because we Google a lot of stuff nowadays and get so many different mixed messages, but really educating yourself so that you can start to take that power back and start to see things through a different lens. Mm -hmm. And I love that lens of the second spring because you know, if we've been taught been told all of our lives, oh, once you hit, you know, 45 or 50, it's it's over, then like wait a second. No, it's not. Spring is that time of vibrancy and renewal. And how can you look at your life from this place of of vitality again, and something exciting?
2: Right, exactly. So I I think that, you know, that's another piece of this, right, around mindset, emotions and body is to, to really think about if I were to frame my midlife and beyond as a second spring, what would I what would I create? You know, and and I think that so many women spend their earlier part of their life taking care of other people, taking care of their careers, taking care, you know, sort of being the human uh, givers, right? There's a lot of focus outward. And what's beautiful about midlife and beyond is that there's this, uh, just natural shift that happens where women begin to say, you know what, I want to do it differently. It's, mm-hmm. it, it can be a wake up call. It can happen slowly and it can, as you said, it can feel like it happens overnight, but there is a shift that happens. And that to me is part of the beauty and the wisdom of menopause is to, to be able to say, I, I'm at my midlife, in my second half of my life, here, right? How do I wanna spend it now? And we have a tendency to reevaluate everything. And that's a really important conversation for women to have. And part of that, I hope, is also what is my relationship with my own body mm. and my sexual health and well being? Because it's connected to my feeling like I'm thriving. And my fear and my worry is that so many women say, you know what, that part of myself is gone and I'm just going to walk away. Mm. And I think that that's such a shame because it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't need to happen.
1: No, it doesn't. And I love that, you know, ask yourself that question, what do I want to create and how do I want the second half of my life to look like? It's a powerful, powerful question. And it kind of, um, I would love your perspective on this is how is our sexuality and our sensuality connected to our creativity? Because if, if we want to create something, um, you know, in my lineage, like the yoga lineage and meditation, you know, our creative center is the womb and we don't have to have a physical womb to tap into the energy that is there. Right. So what would you have to say to women about as they're trying to create the second half of their lives, how important it is to connect to this area of our bodies?
2: Well, I think it again it 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 starts with that mind body connection, right? To believe that as a woman you are born fertile. Fertile of creativity, mm. right? Whether you birth a child or not in your life, you are born fertile and you are born with the 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 birthright of pleasure. Okay? So pleasure being at the core of that. Pleasure is like the the physical energy of that creativity. When you think about a time in your life when you're like just in the flow, you know, and you're being your most creative, there's a there's an energy to it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's the same, it's kind of similar to an orgasmic energy, right? So for women as they age to begin to think about their womb as their place or their, you know, whether you, like you said, whether you have it or not for that part of oneself to know that that source of creativity will be with you until your last breath.
1: Yes. I love that. Till your last breath you you have that creativity and that fertility Damn. and um, that source of power is always, is there, whether you have the right. womb or not, whether you can right. birth baby or not, whether you right. have a or not, you have, you're always overflowing with fertility and creativity. Um, and, um, and you have that birthright to, you know, to pleasure, whether that comes through sexual pleasure or whether it comes through the pleasure of just creating something new and abundant for yourself.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, we are creators. That's what we do right? We're
1: born to create. Yes. So, you know, I have so many more questions around this, um, but we are leading up to our first break. So when we come back, I'd love to talk a little bit around what are some of the the barriers or challenges that we have around tapping into this creative center within us. Um, And I think before you mentioned things like fear and shame. And we, you know, we talked about some, you know, that beliefs are, but what are some of those specific things that um, can come in and block that flow of creativity and pleasure? So, yeah, we'll go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's a big one. So we'll we'll have to come back (laughs) for that one. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a very short break. And in this moment, just, you know, ask yourself what it is that you want to create. It doesn't matter what age you are or, or what decade you're in just what would you love to tap into and create this next year or this next decade or for the second half of your life and give yourself an opportunity in these next few moments to, you know, play with that idea. And then we'll be back with Kira Howard.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the backburners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today.
2: It's your world, motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and today we have Kira Hauer with us talking about Intimacy and pleasure for women of all ages, but especially those that are uh, in midlife. So welcome back. And Kira and I were talking um, before the second segment of the show and also during the break about some of those challenges that can come up for us around connecting to our uh, creativity and to that space, um, and that's the womb space where we hold our greatest power and creativity and with this area of the body, there can be not only the beliefs that we talked about before, but you know, this idea that there could be fear and a lot of shame around that. Um, so Kira, what do you have to say, you know, about how do we, you know, start to process some of these emotions that we have um, that might be getting in the way of us tapping into our creativity in our second spring?
2: Well, I think the first part is really around awareness. Right? Uh, it's, it's about recognizing what your emotions are connected to your own sexuality. How do you feel about sex? What, what were you told as a child about sex? What do you believe? What are your beliefs, right? And those, those beliefs turn into emotions. Again, often fear, shame, uh, which shows up as resistance.
1: Oh, that's it. So fear and resistance. Yeah. I mean, fear and shame so show up
2: as resistance. fear and shame show up as resistance because let's face it. I mean, shame is one of those emotions that we will avoid at all costs. Yeah. It's a really powerful, scary emotion. And so to what I work with, with my clients is to recognize where the shame comes from and to better understand it and to befriend it, you know, to not try to push away the shame or fear because when you, when we do that, it actually gets stronger.
1: It creates even more resistance. And
2: it creates even more resistance. So I I work with my clients to be able to integrate it, to understand it first, to know where it comes from, and then to be able to really understand that, that there's a part of oneself that is still, an, you know, a child, really. Yeah. There's a part of ourselves, you know, it's all of that inner child work where we, we're just trying to stay safe. That's all, <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. And, and yet, that's not simple at all. Right. To do that work is complex and it's deep and it's 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 big. It's important, you know, but we have to really look at that. And it isn't always, you know, young child stuff. You know, I would say most of my clients that I work with when there's um, shame involved has something to do with their teenage years, their first sexual um, encounters. Mm -hmm or experiences, they can, they can really create an imprint uh, on, on, on one's, you know, sense of health and, you know, sexual self. And so looking at what those imprints are and what the impact that they've had is really, really important.
1: I love that you bring that up because, you know, our beliefs are created either through repetition, something that we've heard or seen or felt over and over again, or through a significant emotional event. So our first sexual experiences can, can actually be quite traumatic, um, maybe with a little T or a big T, but they can have a, a big imprint on our view about our bodies and, and whether this physical act can be beautiful and powerful or shameful um, and intimidating. And, you know, this idea of, shame is a huge topic. And you talked about it creating a lot of resistance. So I would imagine that having the piece that you talked about, about having self-compassion as you're touching on shame is essential so that the resistance and the fear doesn't, you know, create more of a protective barrier and that you have to be soft and gentle going into this. And what would you say? Because, you know, the shame is there to protect you from something. And yet, you know, we want to be able to move beyond that. So how do we move beyond these, these protective barriers? Um, And why is that important? Like why? Because if it's there to protect us and we want to feel, and it's helping to keep us feel safe, why would we want to go up against this and feel unsafe and afraid and have to deal with all of that? What's on the other side of that?
2: Well, what's on the other side is pleasure. Yeah, right. That's what's on the other side, right? (laughs) Big pleasure, and uh, and creativity, right? The pleasure, not
1: just from you know sexual experiences, but the pleasure of creating something beautiful.
2: Exactly, exactly. So, 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 what needs to happen is first creating a sense of safety, both emotionally and physically. So letting your body know, letting your nervous system know that you are safe and and really integrating safety, working on building safety and having people really resource in their body where they feel the most safe Um, and then beginning to titrate pleasure into their lives, into their body, beginning to feel what pleasure feels like. And um, for a lot of women, unfortunately, they've never really experienced true, you know, I don't want to say true sexual pleasure, but their own capability and potential of sexual pleasure. And,
1: oh, so go, go ahead and finish. No, I
2: was just going to say that, you know, in our culture, first of all, we have such terrible sex ed. I mean, just horrendous. And especially for women 50 and older. I mean, let's face it, you know, we got nothing right? Just nothing. We got worse than nothing. And, um, I think that there is a belief that women, at least for older generations, this is one of the things I'm most excited about with younger generations is I don't think that they buy this belief anymore, but that women's sexual pleasure is, is, takes a, a back seat to male sexual pleasure. mm mm-hmm. And that's kind of the construct that we have in the United States, at least, and, and certainly in other cultures. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a patriarchal, you know, belief. It's, it's, it's an effect of the patriarchy, and we have to own that as true. And so women, I think, really need to look at what role do they play in that? Can they own their own sexual pleasure? Mm-hmm. And if they do, That means that they have to find their voice. It means they have to believe, number one, that their body is capable of it, which 100% it is. You know, I think this is, we were talking before about, you know, obstacles. And one of the biggest challenges is that so many women feel like there's something wrong with their bodies. And it's simply not true. And because girls and boys don't get proper sex ed around pleasure instead they get it around fear right yeah. it's all about how to not get pregnant how to not get STDs you know it's it's not about pleasure yeah. and it's certain not about mutual pleasure so my hope is that that's changing for these generations and I think that the teenagers I hope the teenagers of today the especially the the, the girls are saying my pleasure matters.
1: Yeah. And I love that. My pleasure matters. And, you know, because we do live in a patriarchal society, it's not just our pleasure in the bedroom that comes second, but our pleasure in all areas of our life comes second. And so it's about finding that voice to say, my pleasure matters. Absolutely. And if we start, if we actually start with the probably the scarier part of that, which is the sexual pleasure and can tap into that source of our creative power, then it becomes easier to find voice in the other areas of our life because we've t- tapped into that wellspring of creativity, power and um, just that vitality that you spoke of earlier. so I love that I mean there's so many pieces here that I feel like, oh my gosh, we need three hours <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> Absolutely. more
2: I can come back retreat let's do that Part Kim. two. <laughs>
1: And so, you know, going back to pleasure and saying, okay, pleasure is my birthright. I deserve to have pleasure in my life. Um, You often talk about how to use your five senses to bring that in, because if we have a lot of beliefs or shame around pleasure, I would imagine sometimes it's easier to come in using uh, that gentle approach and maybe using your five senses um, in other ways to actually um, become aware of what does please you. Can you speak on that? Like the, how to use the five uh, senses to experience pleasure?
2: Sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Esther Perel talks about eroticism, right? And I would highly recommend anybody who doesn't follow her to, to look into her work. She talks about the difference between pleasure and eroticism. Right. And so I would like to pose, for example, let's say that you're eating a strawberry, right? Let's take taste, right? Or chocolate, something that so many people love, right? You can eat something kind of mindlessly. You can eat it because you're hungry and it tastes good. You can eat it because you know that you need the nutrients, right? But if you put on a sensual lens to something that you're eating and you really slow down and let something really melt in your mouth, or if you really taste and feel the texture of a strawberry or a raisin or the chocolate and just let it, let it melt and see what happens, right? And play with different foods, different tastes, right? Play with cold, play with hot, you know? And really it can open up, again, that creativity of exploration of one's body. That's really what the five senses is about. It's about saying, how does my body react and and thrive with different senses some people like things very very soft right and that feels that feels arousing to them other people like things that are kind of sharp Mm -hmm. you know other people like things that might be sticky right some some of many women do not like to be cold right they That's have to be right. warm in order, right? Does that resonate? Or unless they're having a hot flash, and then of course everything comes off, right? <laughs> the rules change. The, all the rules change, right? So, so the senses are the best tool. There, there are really two two amazing tools for one's body that you, every single human being has: the five senses and your breath. Mm-hmm to build your sexual and sensual energy. So smell is something that can really open up your sensual sense, You know your sensual arousal. Mm-hmm. And it can also turn you off, right? So yeah. if you imagine all of the different smells, the, the, there's a plethora of smells that you could play with. And that's what it's really about. So it's about getting playful. Getting curious, what does turn my body on? That's the question, right? Let me see what turns my body on. Opening up the refrigerator and saying, What's the most sensual thing in this refrigerator and what can I do with this? It's right.
1: Kind of, I we're gonna I'm gonna date myself as like the that's like the nine and a half weeks. Totally. Yeah.
2: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So many people will think back on that. Yeah. Right? So creating your own scene in your own you know, kitchen, starting with yourself, that's the thing, starting with yourself to really understand what what does create some level of arousal, right? And there could be different, you know, something can feel soft, but it doesn't feel sensual. It doesn't do that little wake up mm-hmm. of, ooh, <laughs> ooh, that feels different, right? Yeah. Or that feels good. Um, so you know, taste, smell, sight, you know, to be able to look around, what it, what is it that makes a woman feel a sense of desire? Because women need desire before they can reach arousal. So, what creates desire visually? Mm-hmm. Right? That's an important thing to think about. How do you turn down the volume of the to-do list when you're looking around your room and you're saying, okay, this is my time to play with the five senses. You know, there's, there's going to be something that you see that you say, that doesn't work. That's kind of jarring to me. So Mm -hmm. put it away, put it away, clean it up, do something, put some candles on, look at the candles, open the, open the curtain. Exactly. Open the curtains and let the sun in, you know, so um you know touch smell sight sound music
1: oh music. Can be, music is so important i think music
2: is so important there are there are plenty of 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 musical paths that one can take right options that can turn up or down mm-hmm. desire some people love You know, there's so many associations that we have with music, so it's really important. But it's, but it's important, you know. Don't be playing Um,
1: because I'll think back to high school and my first experience. I don't want that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. So we we have to we have to set. You know, it sounds so trite, but setting the mood matters. It really matters, especially to women. You know, so sound is is you know. Definitely, you know, playing with music is important.
1: And I love just taking, just take that time to set your space. I mean, there is something about that, you know, in the moment, spontaneity that can be um, erotic and arousing, Um, but setting the space and just knowing that this is about a time to really connect in a really beautiful way. Um, And that piece that you said about, you know, start with yourself, like, let's start with ourselves. So that we really understand what it is that brings us pleasure, whether it's the ple- like the pleasure of taste, the pleasure of sound, the pleasures of smell, um, because we have these gifts of the senses that are really getting numbed out by too much activity, too much stuff, moving too fast. And so that slowing down and developing and cultivating the art of awareness and what really feels good to us. Um, and starting with ourselves and we'll actually make um, our experiences with our partners that much more enriching, but also to create a sense of awareness during our everyday life. Like, you you know, if you're practicing this and cultivating this awareness around smell and touch and taste and sound, if you're out there having dinner with your friends, you're not going to be rushing through your meal again, right? And then you can have pleasure of really listening to them and seeing how and feeling whatever is coming up through the conversation. Um, so I love that, again, like we said in the very beginning, if you start with yourself, with the sexuality and the sensuality, how that's going to open up more for your living your life with more, um, more beauty and richness.
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. um, so am I getting, little cue here yes we're getting a cue here that we're we're already up on our second break see this topic is just so i mean i get so excited about this and time (laughs) flies so we're gonna take our last break of the show but don't go anywhere because i'm sure this topic we're gonna this is gonna get even better um so we're gonna take our last break um and we'll be back with kira Hauer.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the backburners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are so honored
1: to have Kira Howard here today talking about a very important topic for women, uh, how to thrive in intimacy and pleasure. Uh, over 50, but really at any age. And Kira and I were talking during the break um, about what the pleasure gap is, how there is a big discrepancy um, between men and women um, and receiving and uh, pleasure. And so let's go ahead and talk about that.
2: Okay. Well, the statistics are, are a little disheartening, but not surprising. Um, they are, they're in the United States, at least, 25 to 50% of women are um, dissatisfied. The problem with that is that they are often and too often diagnosed with some kind of sexual dysfunction. And the reality is that so often it's not about sexual dysfunction. It's really not. It's it's about the, again, going back to the education of how female sexuality actually works. And that let's just take, for example, how long it takes a woman to reach arousal. I'm not even talking about climax. I'm just talking about arousal. You know, I mean, most people that I talk to will say, you know, when I ask, how long do you think you should take Mm -hmm. to feel aroused? And they'll say, well, we should have everything done and wrapped up in 15 minutes, right? <laughs> There's this 15 minute craziness that we were fed back in the I don't know when 70s and it may be that men can reach arousal much faster, which is true, but on average women take about 45 minutes.
1: 45 minutes. Here it is women telling us is this are the example of how to slow down. Exactly. Stop moving so fast and enjoy exactly. the experience of life exactly. pleasure.
2: Exactly. So, but that leads to then the conversation around communication. Mm-hmm. You know, it's education, it's communication. So, education also, only 25% of women can and do orgasm through penetration, through intercourse. 25%. So if women think that they are supposed to have an orgasm with intercourse, they're actually not. Their bodies don't work that way. No. It's very unusual, and and if they do, chances are it's because of the anatomy of of, of them with their uh, with their partner. And you know, I won't get into that. But anyway, it's it, it you know. So there are these beliefs that women have uh, and men have about the way their body is supposed to work that simply aren't true. Yeah. So educating themselves and then learning how to communicate both with vulnerability, clarity, you know, honesty about what their desires are. And Mm -hmm. that goes back to really understanding what gets one's body aroused. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many women, especially the older generations have hang-ups around masturbation and self-pleasure you know and i mean now there's a website called omgs yes, where you can learn by the younger women how to actually self-pleasure there are so many different fabulous videos on it it's it's amazing
1: you know and one even of the things that, that long I'm... ago in our history uh, as women that we weren't even allowed to be educated about our physical body or our menstrual cycles. So we've been, right. we're actually intentionally put in the dark and actually put in prison. If we were to talk about it or try to educate other women about it. So um, it is about this, this piece about education and then also understanding, you know, what does please you and being able to have that voice and communicate that. Right. Um, right. And that piece I mean, about, you know, being considered, um that we're diagnosed as having a dysfunction is a little infuriating for me. Like, no, we're you know again, it because it, it hits that area of shame, right? And, exactly. and feeling bad about ourselves and thinking yeah. that something is wrong with us. Yeah, uh, when actuality is just that we um, aren't exploring what brings us pleasure and that we and tapping into what yeah, as said is our birthright.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, really understanding how a woman views her body and, and how she feels about her sexual self, first and foremost, is really important And exploring that. And then what's the, what is the context with the relationship that she's in, mm-hmm. um, emotional context? What's the health of the relationship? Because that, that impacts everything. Yeah. And when it comes to sexuality, one thing I do want to add though, just around the five senses is in and getting to know one's um body, there's a wonderful resource called The Erotic Blueprints by a woman named Jaya and you can get it on her website and it's a it's a little quiz. It's kind of like the five love languages mm-hmm. and it really is helpful to be able to look to to understand what your own Uh, Sexual blueprint is. So that's that's a nice nice resource.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, for our listeners who are in same sex relationships, you know, know, we've been talking about everything applies here as well. Um, So, you know, for me personally, I identified as being heterosexual for most of my life until just a few years ago when I fell in love with a woman. And um, in that relationship, I was actually able to explore um, my sensuality in a very different way. And personally, I noticed how I could things opened up more for me. Um, and in a way that I was like, "Wow, I've never experienced this before. I think one, because it was a very, very safe container to explore things. Um and I wasn't trying to perform for someone else's pleasure because that was always kind of put in my head, you perform for the man. Instead, it was all this beautiful, you know, ability to give and receive equally and be in that safe place and be vulnerable, which actually allowed for more pleasure to come to the surface.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I'm so happy for you. You know, the, the number one predictor of women's s- libido staying high The number one predictor in midlife and beyond is getting a new partner, a new sexual partner. And so often my clients who are married and would like to stay married, you know, and they've been married a long time will say, Oh my God, that's awful. What are, what, you know? And, and I always say, So you have to become that partner. You both have to figure out how to change, even if it's just a little bit sexually yeah what's the what's the the essence that's going to change what are the habits that are going to change because our, our 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 sexual vitality kind of thrives on change and um and so we need to look at that but thank you for sharing that that's wonderful
1: yeah and I like I and change doesn't mean going out and having an affair it means no. like being no. really, honest communication with your partner and being willing to explore things. Cause as you change, you know, what brings you pleasure changes as well. I mean, what brought us pleasure in our twenties is not going to bring us pleasure in our fifties. So we have to say, okay, like what's new and what's different. What's going to light me up now. Yeah. Um, So I love that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think to your point, we really need to redefine what sex looks like. It can't, it you know, our bodies age. That's a reality, right? So how do we as a couple, you know, change with that aging process? How do we redefine what sex is? And um and that's really important. That's an important part of the process too. Mm-hmm. And and, and, and to
1: what used to be, you know, sometimes like, oh exactly. like, I my body's I you know, every we hear people say this all the time. They're just pining away for like something that happened and who they were in the past right. or how things were yep. in the past, but that just keeps you stuck and not really thriving now. Right. So exactly. Just look yeah. at yourself and your body in a way yeah. that, you know, you're in appreciation for this moment.
2: Yeah. And that's also, you know, to your, to your title, you know, about intimacy, you know, building emotional intimacy with somebody is saying, who are you now and who do we want to be together
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Who do we want to be together? First starting with yourself, like who, what do you do yep. for yourself? And then how can we grow and be together?
2: Right. Exactly. And making it a priority. That's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, a huge part of it. It's so easy for couples to just put it on the back burner. Yeah. You know, and have, have their sexual you know, connections be a once in a while thing. And, um, and the more, the problem, the problem with bad sex is that people don't want to have it. So they'll avoid it. Right. So we want to increase the good sex and find (laughs) ways to get there so that we can have more of that. Right. We want to learn
1: through positive repetition.
2: Exactly.
1: exactly. (laughs) Yes. And so I can't believe we're, you know, we only have a few more minutes, um, to the show. So I don't want to miss the opportunity for our listeners to learn how, um, they can work with you or the work that you do out there with women. We've touched on it a little bit, but what would a session look like with you for a woman wanting to come in and explore her sexuality?
2: Well, right now I'm working entirely online, um, remotely and, uh, you know, it's, it's really very talk-based. So, you know, I do mind-body, body-centered practices, but there's never any kind of sexual, you know, experiences that happen in a coaching session. So I just want to put that out there. Um, You know, it's, it's, uh, it really is about going into, as I said, the, that triad of, what is, what's happening in the body, in your body? What is, what are the thoughts and beliefs and what are the emotions? And we just keep circling around that and yes. we go deep and we come up and we, you know, and so there's lots of, um, you know, there's lots of different ways that we get there. But I really help women to, to really deeply define what their desires are yes. and, then, and then figure out how to get there.
1: And having, you know, and having a guide to do that, you know, a coach, a mentor, a guide to do that is so essential because these, so many things come up um, that we, that are surprising and unexpected and having a a trained um, person to guide you is really, really key. And I can say that from experience. So Kira, I can't tell you enough how honored I am to have had you on the show today. And um, as we mentioned before, we need a lot more time. And so I do hope that you will come back and I will, I would
2: love to. And I do want to just plug there. I do have an online course that people it's self-guided and it's the sexuality and aging masterclass, which they can find on my website. So that's another possibility if you don't want to do the one-on-one coaching.
1: Take the masterclass. It's really powerful. I heard great feedback on it. And it's at www.kirahower.com. That's K-I-R-A-H-O-W-E-R. And so what we're going to do now is just send you to that website, get in contact with her, and definitely send us some uh, comments if you want us to answer any of your questions. And until next time, Kiara, thank you so much. And thank all of you amazing women out there dedicated to your own pleasure and your and reclaiming your birthright to creativity and power. And continue to join us each week on Voice America's Empowerment Channel for women thriving unapologetically. And we come on live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment channel. And please remember to review, subscribe, and rate, and leave us a message. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time,
0: many blessings, my friends. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.